Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I am so excited. This is Tracy Harrell and today is, I guess ladies, we call it the pre-launch for our internationally best-selling compilation book that's called Ignite Happiness. I am so excited, so very excited to invite some of my other co-authors from around the world to join us today. We're going to do a very similar experience um, next week as well, because the official launch of our book is on August 28th. So today we're going to talk to some of the authors and we're, the book is called Ignite Happiness. And, and we've, we've spoken to authors before, and we, we've, we've had conversations around choices and actions to truly ignite happiness in your life. So really, that's what we're going to talk about today. It's not just about this, this esoteric concept of happiness. We're giving you practical steps of what we've done and what research you know, identifies as ways that we can ignite happiness. So I'm going to actually start with someone that was, is basically a regular, uh, Miss Sarah. Uh, I'm going to ask you to start us out by first introducing yourself. And you know, the very first question is, just tell us who you are, where you're calling from, and what do you do to ignite happiness in your life? Oh, and the, and the title of your story. Hi, Tracy. So it's great to be here again. So my name is Sarah, and I am from the UK. I am currently living in New Zealand. So my chapter in the book is called Our Crazy Boat Trip. And in that story, I do talk about what, to me, about living in the present, enjoying life, um, seeing life through the eyes of my children and realizing that there is so much more adventure and excitement to life if we open ourselves up to it. I love that. I love that. We're going to get into each of the stories in a little bit more detail. We're just going to go to the next person. Um, if you can share your, um, uh, just your name and let me just do a swipe here. Sorry. Thank you. Kristen, we'll have you next. Um, can you identify your name and the, the introduction questions we shared? Hi, I'm Kristen Kurth Kelzer and I hail from the Bay Area, the East Bay of San Francisco. And I um, titled my story, When I Stopped Chasing Happiness, Happiness Found Me. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And what is your passion in life as well? You know, when I One think about what I love to do more than anything broadly, I, um, I, I'm a nurturer. I'm a kids, babies, animals, you know, anything sweet and anybody that I, I can help. Um, so I'm really, that's one of my passions. And now I will say after this Ignite experience, I have a new passion and it's writing, which has been mm -hmm. amazing. I love that. I'm with you. I'm with you. Tanette. Tanette. 
Did I get that right? Yes. yes. <laughs> Where are you from? Give us a little bit about your background. And then, again, what what um, what makes you happy? What ignites happiness in you? Hey, I am uh, Tenienta Zam. And um, my title of, of this story is The Light in the Tunnel. And what really ignited um, me was that... Um, even though we are going through the darkest phases of life, there are always, there's always a ray of hope and we just need to find that light, uh, whether it's through a person uh, and that person is ourself or if we, or the people around us. So we need to find that happiness. It's always there. We just have to look at that and find that happiness for ourselves. My passion in life is to make corporate world more humanistic and more happy. <laughs> okay, you and I are definitely going to have to talk some more about that <laughs> later. I love that. I truly, truly, <laughs> truly love that. Oh, my goodness. Did I mention that I'm sitting outside in my garden? And my beautiful, lovely, so people ask me, is this a fake background? No, these are my babies. 19 lilies. And then, and then I, I kind of move things around a little bit. This new plant just like uh, popped up it's been growing these huge green leaves but no flowers and a couple weeks ago last week it just created these huge beautiful gorgeous flowers so just to introduce myself i didn't do that my name is tracy harrell and what ignites happiness in me is really you know connecting with nature right i love being in nature i really enjoy you know what i consider these divine connections things that happen that are truly divine, like connecting with each of you. There's no way if I wasn't writing in this book that I would have met 37 women and men from around the world. How exciting is that? So truly, truly divine connections. And to know that I have literally four books launching in the next six months, maybe five. <laughs> it's, it's divine in so many ways. So I am grateful again to, to just be in your presence. And we're gonna continue with the, some more introductions. So we also have Simona. Simona, where are you from? Okay, I'm from Italy, but I live in Kenya since 2006. And the title of my story is Happiness is a Choice. Mm. And the story is uh, how I got happiness, though I passed in a very difficult moment of my life, uh, very sad, and then how this moment of life turned it in a very a good experience because it gave me the light on how to see life and how to live it. My passion, I, my passion is life. I think that life is a, an incredible adventure. So I changed place and I live in different parts of the world. I love nature, trekking. I love children. I love giving back. I feel to be a lucky person, not because I'm so rich, but because life has given me so many nice things. And so I love giving back and I do a lot of community work and a lot of uh, giving back, yes, in different ways to communities. I love that. I love that. Ladies, we are launching an internationally best-selling book called Ignite Happiness. How excited are you for that? <laughs> Very happy. Very. Right. So what I love about this, and I know you're showing our gallery view, hopefully, so all the beautiful ladies are here. So, lady, we're going to ask you, the book is called Ignite Happiness. Mm -hmm. And Ignite Happiness, it's the title of our book, so by definition, it's a noun. But when I hear those words, it's a verb, it's action. Ignite Happiness is a thing to do. So I'm gonna ask each of you, 
What does Ignite Happiness mean to you? And I'm going to start with you, Tignette. What does Ignite Happiness mean to you? I think finding my self-worth and uh, being satisfied with what who I am, not worrying about what the society sees me as. I think um, that is something that is very, very important because if we have our self-worth, we don't have that fear of rejection from the society, from the people. That is the real happiness. And once you find that happiness, nothing seems to be difficult. Okay, this, this, is, this little thing here is like when you do... Um you know, it's clapping, you know, mm-hmm. applause. So yes. if you guys hear something from someone that you like, this is a little little hand applause. I love you. And I <laughs> love that 100%, right? It's a little bit of my story as well. I talk a little bit about being different. So my story is, um, it, it's called basically how to tap into your, uh, you know, power and, and mm-hmm. joy through finding those bigger than me moments. And I talk a little bit about being different and how, you know, that, that journey for me really transformed me. And I, and I do find happiness in everything. It doesn't matter what happens. You're not seeking confirmation from someone right. else or affirmation. Mm-hmm. There's such peace in that, people. There's some happiness beyond belief. <laughs> right. Tapping into your, 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 inner, your inner peace. Miss Sarah, what does Ignite Happiness mean to you? Um, Well, I have to admit that I think my children have taught me a lot about happiness. Um, I realized that as a parent, I'm often spending a lot of my time worrying about something that could happen in the future or something that happened in the past that I wish I could have changed. And yet it's actually when we focus on the present, what we have right here, right now, and we look around us and we open our eyes, we realize actually our life is full of so much we need to cut back on those stresses about the things that are not that are outside of our control, you know, and appreciate the abundance that is in our life. So many blessings already in our lives right now. And when we focus on that, you know, that that joy just springs out of those present moments. Um, and that's what I found for me has really helped focusing on the here and the now. How many people are down with that? <laughs> Huge. Love, love that. Thank you. Okay, Ignite Happiness. Um, Can you share, Miss Simona, what does Ignite Happiness mean to you? To me, Ignite Happiness means in each and every moment of life to be grateful for what you have and to look at the positive aspect of everything that happens. So gratitude for me is really a, a daily exercise. You know, when you look at what you have, usually is so much. Sometimes we give it for granted, but it's not. So being grateful is a way to ignite happiness and look at what is positive in each aspect of life, also in that moment, is also a way to ignite um, happiness and positivity. And this is a very nice receipt because I see also with people I work with, it's something that changes your point of view. You always look at what is good. Okay, that's good. What happens? Okay, what can we do? How, what lesson can we learn? What is positive in whatever happens? And this one creates a lot of uh, joy. And this is something that, uh, as I say, you can't buy. You have to build yourself. You build your happiness one day after the other. 
Uh, I love that. Now, typically I'm taking notes and I'm, I'm multitasking. I'm kind of just taking it in today, right? So if I look down, it's because I'm taking notes and because it's so powerful. I love, I love all of this. I can try to keep track of it all in my head and bring it all back. And when I look over here, it's because there are, butterf- there are hummingbirds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could turn the camera. Nate, what happens if I go this way? You probably won't be able to see them anyway. Uh, it's so much fun to be out here. Like nature ignites happiness in me. And I think I heard a lot of you say it's about kind of being present. You know, when you think about just being in the moment, when I pause and I I see a hummingbird and I take whatever minutes, seconds, that it is to really connect in that moment, there's something so powerful in that. It brings me joy that lasts for days, right? The little animation, right, around a blooming flower. This excites me. I just learned what it was. I think it's in the poppy family. Right. Lilies, you know, we, we, you know, you don't have to grow them when you drive down the street and you see a, you know, flower, when you see, you know, a rainbow, when you look at the trees blowing in the wind, there's so many opportunities for us to just to just embrace joy. So for me, again, no matter what's happening, there's, there's a lot of detail. We're going to go into when it's really rough, when you've lost your job, when, you know, so we're going to go into the details, but we're just talking high level now. We're going to get deep into the surface. Miss um, Kristen, did you share with us what does Ignite Happiness mean to you? No, I haven't, but I couldn't agree more with what my friends have said. Um, For me, and I think this was this exercise of writing a story about an Ignite moment and having it be under the title of happiness really gave me the opportunity to dig deep and think about happiness in a new way, to be honest. And I think um, for me, Ignite happiness means really letting go and letting life unfold in the way that it's meant to. And I used to live a life that was, you know, me thinking I was in charge of everything and trying to control the outcomes of everything that, you know, came in my path. And now I've realized as I look back on some of those experiences, which in times were rather dark, but I realize, and you know, big revelation, I'm not in charge. None of us are. And um, that's really freeing. And that's what ignites happiness for me now is to just really be with the flow and let, um, you know, let the, the decisions and all of the angst in life unfold the way it's meant to. I love that. Now, ladies, bear with me. I like to say that this show is intentional and organic. So I'm going to go to the very last question that was on the list. So I'm going to jump to the end. I feel like, you know, we, we talk about hummingbirds and, and lilies and, and people are like, oh, that's great. Ha- good for them. I'm so glad that they're happy. And they're, they're all evolved. That's nice. But, you know, I've lost my, I lo- I've lost my job. Right. I, I'm barely able to pay my rent. You know, I'm, I have to host, homeschool my kids and I'm working from home and we're in the middle of a pandemic and there's more drama and trauma and there's racial inequities and people trying to kill me at every, you know, <laughs> turn and people are dying on the streets and the ra- there's racial inequity everywhere and you want me to be happy? Really? What do I have to be happy about? So what I really want to go to the end, I, want, I, I asked you guys, what was the hardest things you, you've ever had to overcome? Because I want people to really acknowledge. I tell a story that in my, in my story, I, I experienced what could have been the worst experience of my life and it was the happiest because I chose <laughs> I chose to see it as such I chose to, to to really embrace 
what the universe was was off was providing to me. I chose to listen to those things around me. I love that Nate just sent me a text message and said, Nate is the uh, production manager for the show. And he said that in Native American culture, hummingbirds are seen as healers and bringers of love, good luck, and joy. And I love that. So we decide, right? We decide. In this garden, my honey likes to say, I don't see the weeds. Right, I did a video earlier to, this morning as I was showing this this exact lily here. I had and these this bigger sunflower, this just two big buckets of sunflowers. I had them over by my window, and they've been sitting there for a while and moving things around. And there's like weeds like this high. Maybe there were flowers. I don't know, but they were like this high in the bottom of the bucket. And 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 I choose not to see either. Either they were, they looked like flowers to me because they were blooming or whatever, but we choose to see what we want to see. We choose to focus on what we want to focus on. So ladies, I need you to tell me about the, the hardest thing you've ever gone through. I know some of you said in prior sessions that you wanted to commit suicide and now you're writing in the happiness book, right? You, you've been, you've struggled and now you're at a place where you're, you, you realize, you know, another way. So let's talk to those people who, you know, want to see a different side of us. So whoever wants to start first and share, what's the worst thing that you've ever experienced? What's the hardest struggle that you've ever had to overcome? And how did you find happiness in it? That is a really great question, Tracy. Um, what springs to mind for me was a job that I was doing um, well over 20 years ago that I was I'd started off really enjoying it and then my you know like it started after a while realizing what am I doing here it was one of those jobs where I was I was cleaning toilets I was living in a tent I was doing shifts that meant I had to get up at three o'clock in the morning and I wasn't sleeping at night because I was living in a tent and everyone else would get up when I wasn't you know like it was it was just a crazy thing and after a while and, and with this acid and everything, it was eating away at my skin. And one day I just said to myself, what are you doing staying here in this position that you really hate? You know, I'd started off thinking that I would be okay. It was in, a, it was in France and I wanted to be in France. But by the end, I just couldn't understand how I was still here. And I had to let go and I had no job to go to. I had nobody that I knew in the area I had no car I had no mobile phone you know it was before that time so to make that decision to say I've got to let go to this part of my life I've got to say no it's serving me no longer was a huge decision you know I had nothing waiting for me on the other side but when I said and I said to the um, employer I said I'm sorry I can't do this job anymore I'm not sleeping I'm not functioning and I was quite sure he was about to kick me out and I did not know what I was going to do and he turned around and he said to me, would you like a different job then? And I was so stunned. I, I was convinced myself that was it. You know, I was off. I'd have nowhere to live. I wouldn't have a job. And I was offered a different job because he'd actually seen that I had this grit and determination and I got on with things and I ended up getting offered a better job. And you know what it, it taught me so valuable in life is the stories that we tell ourselves about what's going to happen in the future. And we can be so wrong sometimes, you know, and there is so much we can't control. But 
sometimes we do also have to let go to things that aren't serving us anymore and we have to move forward and sometimes we're so fearful that the thing we move into will be worse but it could be better and it could be way better you know um and that was my real lesson from something that uh happened in the past wow that is that's intense that's intense does anyone else want to share i know janice just joined us but i i'm, I'm going to stay with this this yeah. tone and janice we're going to come to you so you can see where we're at does anyone else want to share again we started out talking about how we're you know what, what brings us joy um the things that, that that you know ignite happiness in our lives you know little tips on what others can do but then i asked this group to also tell us just to clarify right we're not just you know living in gardens with lilies and hummingbirds i mean that's <laughs> kind of part of it but we've all had some major struggles and we still choose happiness that's the whole that's the beauty of this so i asked you to describe the worst experience that you've had one of the worst experiences and how were you able to ignite happiness does anyone want to share i'll do it yes okay so for me um, it was um my worst experience started when i was eight years old and through this book now everyone will know what it was. I'm not going to share it. No one knows about it. So that dictated 20 years of my life, that one's experience. And um, it took me for a very high achieving student to someone who would barely pass. It took me a lot of time to complete my bachelor's. Now I'm enrolled in my master's program, but it dictated a lot of things in my life, body shaming, and then my engagement um, uh, was broken. Uh, it was a relationship of 12 years. Um, so I think until I was 30 years old, I did not uh, find, I, I thought I was not needed in this world. And I did try to end my life too. But um, for me, when my niece was born two year, three years ago, uh, that's what sparked the life the light in me. I'm her only aunt on both sides. So, you know, I felt like she's another girl coming in the family and I need to be an example that no, you cannot just listen to the society and decide what what's good and what's bad. You have to think about yourself. You have to be, you have to find yourself, your self-worth, your love, um, and um, you don't have to fear anything. And I think from years from when I was eight years old until I was 30 years old, those I did go through a lot. And um, it was one thing or the other, suicide, sexual abuse, um, bad grades, failing college. But when I found it, I, I graduated. I found the love in myself and I found that I am important. I am enough. Woo, I love it. <laughs> Nate, you said you had some sound effects for us. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And you know, you kind of set the tone for me. Um, yet because you said you're not going to tell any part of the little the the, the what no spoiler alerts here no yes. spoilers 
So, because I was almost gonna, I, I was debating, right, what what to say. So I'm not gonna tell mine either. We're, we're gonna all come back next Sunday. Yes. After the books are launched, and we'll get to get, go into greater detail and really, you know, kind of celebrate this international best-selling book. Yes. Um, but thank you for that. <laughs> I, was, yes. I was just about to say something. Um, but it's exciting. We've we've all sent out our advanced reader copies to kind of our closest people. And we have, you know, so it's kind of out there just, just a little bit. But thank you for saying that. I like, yes. I like that you said, hold, hold some of that in. So does anyone else want to share? Again, we're Ignite Happiness authors. We, we realize choosing happiness is really within each of our graphs. Everyone can choose happiness, even in the middle of a pandemic. We know that to be true. But we've also had really difficult times. And I can tell you my most difficult time, something that, literally could have broken me it saved me it really mm -hmm. it, to your point it allowed me to see to, to to tap into my core values which i which i i i knew you know i i i live by but it helped me to realize no matter what the end result is when you're true to yourself when you're true to your core values mm -hmm. there's such joy in that oh yeah you, like no matter what happens it's like you are enough. You mm -hmm. are more than enough. You mm -hmm. are amazing. For me, it was about being different, but still being amazing. It was about, mm -hmm. you know, not being accepted or the fear of not being accepted. Like you said, Sarah, you know, oftentimes the fears we have are greater than, you know, the reality. And so we sometimes try to over do you know like I you know I grew up you know saying that I had to do twice as much to get half the credit so I always wanted to do five times as much so I got it all of my credit and then some right like <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I deliver and when, when, when I didn't get what you know what I thought should have happened in a couple of situations you know it could have been disastrous but instead I was like how exciting that I stood my ground. Like, how great was all of that? So, you know, that's one lesson for me. One lesson that I talk about is really happiness is there for the taking. Taking. Um, oh. Um, and so, does anyone else want to share their worst um, experience? I'd be happy to share kind of the first of... First of the worst. I guess a lot of worst. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible, but how much I've learned in you know, looking back and and looking at my own story with more, more compassion. And this kind of came out during my writing, but um, growing up, things came pretty easily to me. If I set my mind to something, I could achieve it. Um, and I worked really, really hard to do that, but there weren't major, major obstacles along the way. Um, then, you know, going into the work world, I succeeded um, you know, it was very early on in my career doing really well and then um, had my first child and that changed everything. I wanted so much to be a mother and that was meant the world to me that it took me about a year and a half, but I chucked the big career. I worked part time so that I could focus on my first daughter. Well, my husband comes from a family of 12 kids and we both wanted more but um unfortunately god had other plans for us and i think one of the hardest things i've really ever gone through at the you know at that that point in my life was when um we wanted more kids and the answer at that point was no you know we were told we probably were never going to have any other kids that we couldn't get pregnant so we went through you know fertility treatment for two to three years and lo and behold, 
finally, um, after four rounds of in vitro, we were pregnant with triplets. <laughs> A little bit more than wow. we had done before, but we were over the moon with gratitude. And unfortunately, we lost one of the, the babies early on in the pregnancy, which was devastating. Um, and we went on to have two beautiful twins who are now 22 years old, Matthew and Madeline, in addition to my daughter, Kit. And now I even have a little one, Isaac, who's seven, and he is um, a joy in our family. But being told no, um, I wasn't going to be able to have more kids. I, I didn't take that very well, and I didn't handle it very gracefully. Instead, I fought it tooth and nail until, you know, don't tell me no. I, you know, I'll show you. I'm going to have another kid come hell or high water and worked really hard to get that. And I realized what I exerted so much energy, caused so much more, un, you know, unhappiness in my life and in my world. And if I had just, you know, remained unattached to the outcome at that point, maybe things would have turned out differently. But, you know, I couldn't be more grateful for, for the four kids that I now have. And the story of Isaac is in my story in our book. And um, I'll share that at another time. I'd love to. But yeah, I think um, challenging infertility was one of, the, one of the hardest things that I went through early in life. That is that is deep. So we just had one of my favorite authors join us, Miss Janice. How are you? We were all so glad to see you join us. Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, you know, we 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 went through this little journey together. You know, I, I uh, Tracy Stone and I joined at the end of the process. So you guys spent more time together than than she and I did when we came in. But every minute, every session that we spent together. Ah, oh, so beautiful. And I learned so much from each of you. Janice, I got to tell you, you're amazing. So we're going to catch you up. We just actually went through one question each. And the first question was, this isn't a background, Janice. This is my garden. <laughs> That's beautiful. These are my babies. This brings me joy. 19 lilies on one, on one stalk. And this is a poppy, apparently, that just started to bloom. So it's not a background. It's my babies. Thank you for that. <laughs> Any chance I get to, <laughs> to lean back, it's fun. So Janice, question number one um, that we asked everyone was basically, tell us who you are, where you're from, and um, the you know what's your passion in life? And then tell us your Ignite story, the title of your Ignite story. Um, OK, so. Uh, yeah, I am. My name's Janice, and I live in Carlsbad, uh, California. And um, you know a little bit about me. I uh, I'm a mom. Um, I have five kids, and uh, ironically enough, there are well, the first four are all five years apart. So um, so my kids uh, are. I have a 28 year old, a 23 year old, a 17 year old, a 13 year old, and a 10 year old. So uh, the forever mom, that's, that's <laughs> what I am. I, I don't know that wow. I'll ever have a house without some sort of kid inside of it. And uh, um, yeah, uh, Ignite, um, you know, for me, an Ignite moment, I guess, uh, to, to answer your question there, um, is uh, an Ignite moment is a divine appointment. And, um, you know, the first time I got to meet JB and talk to her. Uh, we were talking about a different project. And, um, and then I told her a little bit about myself and, and uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a divine appointment. It's a life altering uh, moment. 
and uh, it changes the course of your life. And uh, that's, you know, what my story is about. Um, my story is about uh, um, the, the day uh, that I made a decision and uh, I'm in recovery and, and, uh, and I've been in recovery um, for almost 13 years. And, uh, you know, that's what my story is about waking up, coming to and realizing, you know, that you have five kids. Well, I had four when I got sober. So, yeah. But you have such a great story. You really do. The, the, the interesting thing is we started talking about what Ignite Happiness mean to me, means to us. And a couple of us mentioned the same thing. We both talked about it feeling divine. There's just something divine about, you know, igniting happiness, realizing that happiness really is ours for the taking. It's a choice. We get to decide. We get to decide how we respond to situations like a pandemic and like losing your job and, you know, horrible things that happen in life. We still get to decide, right? And so the, the other question I was asking, Janice, I know you had some interesting um, stories to tell, but the other question was really around, you know, we don't want people to think, oh, that's great that they Tracy's in their garden with lilies and got hummingbirds flying around her. That's nice. <laughs> Right. But I'm over here with all kinds of problems. Again, we've all had struggles and some of the ladies have shared already. I wanted to ask you, it's really the last question that I had on the list, but, you know, can you define like the one of the worst things that's ever happened to you? What are the worst things and how you were able to get out of it, how you were able to find happiness in it? Um, I would have to say that one of the worst things that ever happened to me um, was when I was 16. Um, uh, I had a, an Irish twin, a younger brother. And, uh, when I was 16, he took his life and he was 15 years old. And, um, you know, it kind of chased, it changed the course of my life for a lot of years. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is, is that, um, that through, uh, through my, my transformation in, uh, in changing my lifestyle, like I realized that, um, you know, I was able to make peace with that and, and I'm able to realize that it was a blessing and uh, everything, every single thing that's happened in my life has happened for a reason. So like if I take each event all the way back to that moment when I was 16 years old, uh, had that never happened, I would have never ended up back in California. I would have never ended up joining the Marine Corps. I would have never ended up being a single mom to my son. So it's like I can play that tape all the way back and see you know, the seemingly good that came out of the seemingly bad, you know, and uh, that's, there that. you have it. Seemingly good that came out of the seemingly bad. You have Ignite Happiness authors who we, we celebrate being happy. We, would you say how often, like what percent of time are you happy? What percent of the time would you say you choose happiness? It depends it, what you define happiness at. It's, you know, for me, it's not, it's not a giggly, you know, crying because my belly, like happiness is joy. It's, it's when, you know, this morning when I woke up and I, I went into my soul shed and I got to spend my quiet time with my higher power. Like I'm happy or walking down the beach this morning with my husband. Like it, like there's a genuine feeling that I'm okay. Everything's okay. And, um, so it just depends. I think we, I think growing up, I, I was misled as to what happiness is. I used to chase uh, drugs and alcohol and things that made me feel different. Um, I thought that that was what happiness was and it's not. 
love that. So what advice would you give? And I know, Simona, you have a story as well that you want to share. But since you just mentioned chasing drugs and chasing um, alcohol and kind of going in this, you know, abuse of, of substances, uh, right? Um, and I think we all have things that we depend on, right, to, to change our mood, to shift our mood, to maybe find joy. Um, I discovered that I, I mean, I, I was the youngest in a family of five and I would like soothe myself with, you know, treats, right? Because when I, I would get straight A's all the time and that was the one time when my mom and I would go, she and I would go and get ice cream. And I always got straight A's, so it was kind of like a thing, right? But it was the one time, we didn't have a lot of money either, so it was a treat. It was like a luxury for us to be able to go together and it was loving and it was rewarding. It was a validation, all those things that you say, so mom, this extra weight is all your fault. I'm just joking. <laughs> so joking but literally like we depend on things so sugar is as addictive as cocaine right so if you think about alcohol and and cocaine or whatever your drug of choice was food has been my my drug of choice i mean as as well absolutely so what what advice would you give to people then ladies let's 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 we're going to come back to the to the struggle because this is a struggle as well and for you to be on the other side of addiction i feel like that's just such a major this is such a major accomplishment um, it, I don't know that you ever, I don't know that you ever have the, the food thing fixed. You don't ever have it licked because you have to eat. I don't have to, I don't have to drink a beer. I don't have to, you know, so the food thing is a daily reprieve. Some days I'm better than others, but. So what, what, tell it, us about your food. Tell, tell us about that. I'm just, just curious. I've, I mean, I've gone all, all around the, the gamut on it. You know, I, I've, uh, Abs, you know, all around, like uh, binging and purging, not eating, you know, taking laxatives, like the whole thing. It's self-image, it's control. It's trying to control a situation because I'm powerless everywhere else. And so it's like this illusion that I can control something. Wow. That's, that's, that, that's, I love the way you just said that. So what advice would you give to people who are similarly in the middle of a pandemic, they're all at home with their kids, they might be reaching for the bottle a little bit more than they normally would be, right? And I don't mean this bottle, I don't mean a bottle of water, but they're, they're drinking maybe a little bit more than one glass of wine, or they're seeking other forms of addiction, other, other things, or eating more. I mean, I know I've gained weight, I think we all probably have. Um, so what advice would you give for people who, who might be reaching for substances for quote, quote, happiness? Cause to your point, we're not looking to be, you know, giggly and joyful. Happiness to me is about peace and, and, right. and there is a joy in it as well, but I'm just curious. And we can ask you guys all about like shifting, shifting your mood, you know, when things aren't great. So Janice, I'm gonna start with you. Um, what would you share? Um, you know, it's why not to do it, you know, like how, how to, how to shift yeah, without that. I have a, like, I have a routine. I have, um, I, seek a, I seek a spiritual solution on a, like, first thing in the morning. It's the first thing I do. And, uh, you know, I have a routine. I have tools on how to shift my attitude. I, I write, I physically write a gratitude list every day on a piece of paper. I journal a letter to my higher power every single morning. I talk to a lot of people every day. I tell on myself, I let you know, like if I'm not doing so good, I tell you my secrets. It says like, I'm as sick as my secrets. If I'm hiding secrets in here, you know, then I'm not doing so well. And it's, um, you know, if somebody's sitting home and they're, they're masking their life, they're chasing it through a bottle or chasing it through food, you know, the most, the most powerful thing 
I think that um, that a human being can do is is be honest and call someone and tell them the truth, you know, and then mm-hmm. and then it's like mountains could move, you know, and uh, that's what happened for me. Like I had to I had to be completely honest, but the, the honesty started with inside myself, you know, wow. and I had to get completely honest with myself and and then get it honest with another person and then surrender. And, uh, you know, it, it, any kind of addiction, like, honestly, like the, the whole pandemic and all that, this is a great time because we are all over the place. We are international. I mean, there's, there's a way to connect with people all over the world today that wasn't available, you know, seven months from now. Exactly. I love that. I love that. That was a lot of great tips. Um, you know, for me, I love that you said, we, we saw like lots of heads nodding when you mentioned truth, this concept of, you know, facing your truth. And for me, that was huge. It was huge. And this other project that I'm working on that I'm leading, it's called the Bigger Than Me Success Series, Achieving Racial Equity and Inclusion in Business, Education, Wealth, and Health. And that was one of the things that I did when I was in corporate America. I had an experience that was traumatizing, literally that was traumatizing. And the one thing that gave me peace and joy was to think that I could find justice, that I could change, you know, change the experience for others, that I could prevent anyone else from having the same experience that I had. And, and, and I, I mean, I did it to the end. God knows I did. I'm doing it now because, it, you know, it brings me joy. But a lot of times people don't want to tell their story. They don't want to share their truth. And, and I bring in Brene Brown. She talks about, you know, stories that we own. You know, we get to write the ending. But stories that we don't own, own us. So that telling of your truth is so powerful. So I saw heads nodding. Anyone want to share why that was so important? Kristen, I saw you nodding first and then um, Tanyette and Sarah, and then I'm going to circle back to you. Um, go ahead, Kristen. It made me think so of something that I'm sure a therapist mentioned to me, but one of the things that I think people struggle with is that they are never given the opportunity to really take a good long look at themselves. And as some therapist I remember once said to me, you know, you can't see your reflection in running water. And I believe that. And that's why now, and I used to live a very chaotic, frenetic life and ran around like, you know, the hamster wheel all day, every day. And now I've really, another piece of this happiness for me is stillness and serenity. And I crave it now, solitude, because in those moments I can see myself and I can look at myself and I can think about what it is that I am, what it is that I'm struggling with, you know, and I've gotten to love myself more by those moments. So, you know, and especially now, because you know, I used to say in crazy times, God, please stop the world. I want to get off. And then he stopped it for everyone. I didn't really mean for that. <laughs> you, you, you're like the third person who said that to me. They're like, Tracy, this is me. I think I'm responsible. I asked this. Fault. <laughs> I've heard that from a few people. So, so um, Tanya, tell me, why did this concept of truth telling uh, connect with you? I saw you nodding your head when she said that. Yeah, so um, I think when Kristen said about the water, the running water, and you cannot see yourself, your shadow in the running water, I think I was letting others write my story. And uh, they were telling me what's the truth and what's not the truth. And I think 
that is why I struggled so much and I couldn't find the happiness because I was definitely looking for that validation. Okay, now this X person will tell me what is right or that Y person will tell me what is right. But I was not asking myself. And I think when I sat down and I thought about it, I was like, whoa, I did not <laughs> even think about this. Like, you know, I don't need all that. I need to see myself. I need to look inside me and see like what the actual truth is. And now that I know my life is at peace and I don't have to worry about like the noises around me because now because I'm at peace, I choose those noises or I choose those that music. It's not a noise anymore. It's like music that I can dance to, right? Because I'm choosing it. So I, I think that. for me, that was um, that was important because I was letting others dictate my life. Mm. Does anyone else have a, uh, Sarah, you were nodding when, again, there, there's certain things, I cannot believe we're almost finished with hour one. So we're just going to kind of end with this topic. Can you believe that? Uh, we'll just flow on into the next hour. We have to take a commercial break in between. So we have seven minutes uh, before we end. So I'm going to go to Miss Simona because I know Simona, Sarah, did you want to say something about truth real quick and then I'll go to Simona? No, you're good. So, Simona, I know you said you had something you wanted to share. Again, we're not just happiness authors who living in gardens with hummingbirds. So we are doing that, too. But we've, we've had struggles, right? And that's the beauty of us being able to talk about that. So you have something you wanted to share, I think, about, you know, a, a difficult time in your life and how you were able to find happiness in it or despite yes. of it or through it because of it. Okay. What happened is that I dedicate um, many years of my life, let's say 12 years to a project. And I was so happy about this project. I spent a lot of energy, a lot of time, and it was uh, a really nice project and gave results. But following this project, I didn't understand or they didn't realize that people close to me that were with me in the project, in the reality, they were um, planning or anyway, trying to kick me off. So after 12 years where this project has been my life and I studied for it and I worked for it and it was my passion, my life, my whatever, uh, suddenly I, I realized what was going on. And, but when I realized it, it was too late. So let's say that in, I left the project because it was impossible to stay on because there was as, as a network around these people created something that was totally not good for me. And you can imagine how you feel when you, when you've been for so many years dedicating your life, really your life, your, your heart, your brain, your knowledge, everything. And then what I did is uh, one day I thought, okay, you know, also Steve Jobs was just from his own company. And then look at what happened after that. And what I started thinking is what I learned through that project. So how, and they said, maybe this is good because I've done a lot. Maybe I've done whatever I could in this project. So maybe with this experience, I can start something new. So I started thinking, okay, what is good or what I've learned? What has been good as the people I met or whatever experience I've done, what I've learned? Because I studied a lot well, during all these projects. So, because so I need what, to so, learn something so, so what, Simona, what advice from this story would you share with others? So we got four minutes left in this, yes. in this 
particular okay. hour, we can, we're going to talk more about your story. We're going to talk more about the stories in the next hour. But what would you say? We're going to each person. I'm going to come back to each of you and say, what would you tell someone who's struggling? A couple words on the action that they can take to ignite happiness. So, Simona, land your story. With, like, what okay. action would you take? What lesson learned? What nugget would you share with someone who's struggling on how they can ignite happiness in their life despite the pandemic, despite the struggles, despite being betrayed, yes. despite whatever happened? What advice would you share with someone right now on what they can do? 30 seconds. What I say is look at your fertile soil. Look at what is good in you and look at what is good in whatever surround you. In the people around you, inside yourself, in your capacity, what you're able to do, your values, whatever is good in you. Because usually we look at what is bad or what is not good or what we don't like of ourselves. And also for our children, for example, you look at what are they not doing well. And what is your husband, your um, partner, yes. or everything, and also yourself. Most Simona, of the time, the that. people That's surrounding perfect. us tell us what is Simona, I'm going to have to stop you. Not good. Simona, Simona, I'm going to have to stop you only because we've got two minutes left in this hour, and he's going to have to um, end, and then we're going to come back through. So each ladies, you got like literally 15 seconds. What is that one thing that you would tell someone else? Sarah, I'm going to end with you. I'm going to start with Kristen. What would you say to someone who's struggling right now how to ignite happiness? Spend some time alone and breathe, meditate. Mm, I love it. Tanya, what would you share with someone? How to ignite happiness in their lives? Uh, Stand in front of the mirror and tell that you are beautiful and you are enough. Mm, I love it. Miss Janice. Uh, Mine would be get on your knees and ask for help. All right now. All right, Miss Sarah, what are your thoughts? I would say smile, spread a big smile on your face and think about all the wonderful things you have in your life right now. Wow. Wow. Well, we are going to continue this conversation. I have 10 other questions that we haven't even tapped into. So we're going to continue this conversation in the next hour. Stay with us. It's going to be about a three or four minute uh, commercial break here in the middle. And we're going to continue this conversation with the Ignite Happiness Authors, our official international best-selling book, has an official book launch on August 28th. Stay with us as we continue to share with you wisdom, lessons learned from our personal stories. And really, it's all about you. Our goal is to help you ignite happiness in your life. This is Tracy Harrell, and remember, it's bigger than me, baby. Woo!